Welcome to Grace Notes. This is the second program in our series entitled, How to Pray. God has much to say about prayer. In fact, He commanded that we pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says that we are to pray continually, and Philippians 4.6 exhorts us to pray in every situation. On our last program, we learned that we are to pray to our Father God in the name of Jesus. We are not to babble. We are not to pray so others will be impressed. We must pray with faith, believing that God will answer. We must pray with a clean heart, so as not to hinder our communication. We should pray according to God's will, so that our prayers will be answered yes. In this program, Barbara Sandbeck will explore the scriptures for a further understanding of how to pray and what to pray for. I have to admit, I've struggled with writing this series for quite a while. Perhaps it's because there's so much to discuss in so little time. It is important, and I want to make sure I do the subject justice. To determine what kinds of things we should pray about, I did a Bible study on the use of the word pray. This yielded several areas for prayer. I was surprised, though, that some of the issues I've prayed for over the years weren't listed, which led me to believe there must be a general principle that governs this act of obedience and the interchange between our Heavenly Father and His children. As believers in Christ, and therefore part of His family, God calls us His children. For example, Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. He encourages us to come to Him as little children. In fact, God always refers to us in His Word as His children, never as adults. We are not God's peers. Jesus even called Himself the Son of God. Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, some may confuse this verse by saying it means that you have to come to Jesus when you're a child to be saved. This is not the case. The word like here means with the same attitude. Children have needs. <laughs> Don't we know it? They know they have needs, and they are not timid about asking for them to be met. We, as adults, have needs too, but sometimes our pride keeps us from admitting it and humbling ourselves enough to ask God for help. Unless we are willing to admit that we need salvation, we can never be saved and become part of God's family. And unless we are willing to admit that we need help in life from God, we lose out. The Matthew Henry Commentary elaborates on this verse. Jesus makes this comparison because children are dependent upon others and willingly accept from them what they cannot provide for themselves. We cannot provide salvation. Jesus died and rose again to pay the penalty for our transgression against God. He provided salvation for us. He alone can save our souls, and He alone gives what we need to live that abundant life He promised once we are saved. The commentary also states, as children, Matthew 6.31 says we must be careful or anxious or worried for nothing, but leave it to our Heavenly Father to care for us. As children are little in body and low in stature, so we must be little and low in spirit and in our thoughts of ourselves. Let's face it, we want to be in control, but really, are we ever... Our son and his family lived with us for a short time while they awaited their move to a new house. I loved that time. One night our grandkids were eating with us. I mentioned that it was getting late and their daddy might be caught in traffic. Liam, who was only three at the time, said we had better pray for daddy. 
So he bowed his little head and he prayed for protection. My grandson had this figured out. We just don't know what lies ahead. In traffic, in a job, in life. We need to involve our Heavenly Father, who knows and cares about everything we do. So, the principle here is, be humble enough to pray about everything. A dear friend of mine said, if it concerns us, it concerns God. Here's how important a humble attitude is to God, along with some benefits we can receive from being humble. Psalm 28:27 says, You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are halty. Psalm 147.6, The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Psalm 149.4b, He crowns the humble with victory. Proverbs 3.34, He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Matthew 23.12, Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be, you got it, exalted. God commands us to be humble. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. James 4.10 reads, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. 1 Peter 5.6 repeats this. So practice humility. Be like a child in this. There are so many benefits. Matthew 7.11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children— how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Luke eleven thirteen uses the Holy Spirit instead of the word gifts here. What more could we want than the fruit we receive from the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Wow, money sure can't buy these. The age of childhood is the learning age. We have so much to learn from Jesus, who himself is humble in heart. He says to us, as written in Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. During this song, why not come to God in prayer in the name of his son, Jesus, and tell him how much you appreciate him and need him in your life.
our relationship to God, we need to be like a child. However, in our reasoning, 1 Corinthians 14.21 tells us to think like adults. It says, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. After all, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. And Philippians 2.5 commands us to use it in our relationships with one another. Isaiah 49.16a shows how important we are to God. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. 2 Corinthians 3.3 says that the Spirit of the living God is written on tablets of the human heart. As God's children, Jesus, our Savior, is always speaking to the Father on our behalf. Hebrews 7.25 says, He, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through Him, because He always lives to intercede for them. We have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit connects us with God, and Jesus keeps us connected. God firmly fixes and deeply impresses us on the palm of His hands. I envision Him carrying me with Him always. How will you respond to a God who loves and cares so much for you? He longs to fellowship with you. Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea A great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is graven on his hands My name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands No tongue can bid me to depart No tongue can bid me to
We pray you've been blessed by this program. If so, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or contact us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.